Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Life Enchanted. My name is Nick Carlisle, and I have the pleasure of being your host as we nerd out on all things faith, health, interesting, and optimizing. The goal here is to help you live a better life, my friends. Simple as that. And selfishly, it helps me as well as I am forced to rearticulate things and teach things to you guys and dive deep into content with guests who have valuable wisdom to share with the world. So it is a win-win for both of us. Praise God for the internet. A couple of things before we dive into today's episode. First, hit me up on Instagram, at nick.carlisle, that is. I am very active on there and would love to connect with you guys personally. Also, I encourage you to check out my website. That's www.mylifeenchanted.com. On there, you can inquire about my holistic life coaching services. You can check out the Truth Pack, which is a little something that's been tremendously helpful and valuable for me in my morning routine and in my pursuit to optimize my day. You can also check out some shirts and hoodies I designed. There's a free 25-page eating guide on there, a little PDF I developed. I'll put the link to all of that in the show notes below this episode. Lastly, and most importantly, please leave a rating and possibly write a review of Life Enchanted on whatever podcast platform you're using. I'm trying to grow this thing, and I need you guys to help me do that. You play an integral part there, so sharing any of my content on Instagram or any of these podcast episodes would be so much appreciated, and I will love you forever. But that's enough of the housekeeping items from me. Now let's dive into today's episode. All right, my friends, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I had the pleasure of having Justin and Heather Tomzak come through in studio. First time having people come through in person to record in about two years, which is awesome. But they are the founding pastors at Freedom Point Covenant Church in Loomis, California, which they planted about a year ago. And they have a marriage retreat coming up, and I wanted them to come on the podcast to share some of the content that they would be working through because I know who they are, and I know their hearts, and I knew it would be gold. So luckily for us, they came through, they delivered, they're awesome. Share this episode with other couples who you think may benefit from it, or send it to your spouse to maybe drop a hint to them. You guys are in for a treat. So without further ado, here is my interview with Justin and Heather Tomzak. So before we get into all the marriage content, which I'm stoked about, I'd love to dive in to the church plant process that you guys have been going through for the past couple of years. So talk to us about what God has been doing there. Yeah, it was funny. I was actually looking back at old uh, social media posts and and uh, different pictures that were online, and one came up from 2018 in January, where we we're on our way to a midwinter conference for our denomination, mm-hmm. and it was there that um, it's kind of began the process of us thinking, "Hey, this this could be something God's leading us to." Where a few different people from our old church came to us and said, "Hey, I think I see you and Heather starting a church one day." Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people kind of spoke it 
into our lives and we uh, ran from it for a little while <laughs> because we knew it was going to be a difficult task and mm-hmm. um, a lot of responsibility. So yeah. we really wanted to make sure that was actually where God was calling us and not just something that other people may have seen or wanted yeah. for us because it had to be a calling, not just something that we wanted to do. And it was never something that was on like our to-do list of, Hey, this is something I would like to accomplish one day. And so we definitely feel like it is where God has been cultivating and prompting us and preparing us to launch a church. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you verify that voice that it is God's prompting? Like, what was that process like for you guys? Cause it's a big deal. Like you said, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah. And it was a little bit of a, um, almost like a Jonah situation where mm. it felt like people were saying this, like, Hey, we see this and like, well, okay. Yeah, we don't. And we ran the other way, <laughs> yeah, you know, I go. And, um, <laughs> uh, we've had a few moments in these lot in our lives where it felt like God was putting something in front of us that was difficult. And it was almost like a, uh, you know, call to Africa kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And we were realizing saying, Oh man, this is something that'd be very, very hard. I- I'm not sure. Lord, if this is from you, you're gonna have to make it happen. Mm. And we've said, done that a few times and sure enough, he's opened the right doors, closed others and made it so much where we just couldn't deny it. Yeah. Where it's the voice of multiple people hearing um, by reading in his word, by us, even our own individual prayer time. It's that discernment, that, that wisdom that's coming in that whether you want to call it, even sometimes even a vision mm-hmm. where we'll even look at each other and say, I'm, I'm kind of seeing this. I'm kind of hearing this. I'm kind of feeling this. Yeah. What are, what are you experiencing? And, and when those line up, it's like, okay, Lord, yes. it looks like you're, you're definitely calling us. Yeah. That's well articulated. I feel like that speaks to, to my journey and my experience with my wife as well, just on, on any little thing in regards to like school or education with our kids or a career or whatever. It's like, it's, it's hearing from other people. It's feeling promptings it's kind of vetting those out and and chewing on them and then communicating to the spouse like okay are you, this is what i'm feeling are you feeling this and it does seem like doors kind of start to open and things are verified but there's patience involved there's diligence communication but it it, it does seem like other believers have a huge role in communicating God's will maybe is the right language for, for you, like what you should be moving towards. Definitely. Because if we believe what happened in Pentecost is real, Mm. we believe that God's spirits, the spirit of truth, you know, was then, was then, um, given as a gift to all of us, to all those who believe and it resides in our heart. And so therefore we have, you know, we have God's word as far as scripture. Mm-hmm. We have an understanding of who he was in, 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 in a course of history and, and who he is today. But then also that spirit inside of us, in spite of all of us who call ourselves believers, is guiding us, speaking to us, prompting us where we can help guide each other. Yeah. And make check in saying, hey, is this really the voice of the Lord? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Help me out. Yeah. Hmm. I think, too, uh, God just put so many people along our path of who said, hey, if you were to do this, we're all in and mm. people who we really trusted, who we would love to work with. And, um, it was just affirmation that, okay, I think this is where God is leading us. And even people who had zero church experience coming and saying, if you guys started a church, we'd be there. Wow. And that just spoke volumes to us of maybe God's anointing on our life to mm-hmm. be pastors and to start this church. Yeah. That's awesome. It's been super cool to see how the church has come about and the progress you guys have made and the community aspect of it. Like, I mean, it's really cool to see people rally and, and 
people like you said who who weren't involved in church prior are coming relationships are being built like it's it's cool what you guys are doing so well done it's pretty awesome it's actually yeah and, and all i mean gosh not to be you know cliche but it's just all throwing it back to the lord and yeah. saying it's it's him that's been building it mm-hmm. and it's really neat to see that we stepped out in faith and actually some of my most tr- strategic, you know, I- intelligent, creative planning have all just fell flat. <laughs> it's, it's the stuff where it's like, well, hey, I feel like maybe, you know, God's called us to do this. I don't think that's going to work. And it's yeah. been a home run, right? <laughs> and so we're learning more that God is definitely in the driver's seat and we just get to um, hang out with him and abide and listen well. And when his uh, promptings come in, we just follow that lead. Yeah. yeah. It's comforting. Yes. You know, to know that he's got you. It's not about you. Yeah. That's cool. Quick pause, friends. This episode is brought to you by the good people at Viore Clothing. I'm obsessed with this brand. I work out in it. I wear it to work. I wear it to church. I wear it on dinner dates with my wife. I paddleboard in it. They just make really durable and versatile and comfortable clothing, and I need that in my life. Their goal was to build men's and women's active wear that didn't look like active wear, and they did that quite well, if I do say so myself. My two personal favorite pieces of theirs are their core shorts and then their Tuvalu tee, which are both so sick and fit super well. And my wife loves their performance joggers and all of their women's workout tanks. Overall, Viore is an investment in your happiness, and for listeners of Life Enchanted, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash enchanted. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash enchanted. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Just go to viore.com slash enchanted and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. All right, let's get into the marriage stuff. You guys talk to us about what you have coming up this weekend and kind of what what we're doing this podcast for, because there's people who, who will be attending this weekend who are listening to this. And then there's other listeners who just listen to the podcast. So just talk to us a little bit about what's going on. Yeah. So for Heather and I, marriage has always been a a huge passion, a huge um, for us, something that we've really wanted to chase after and and have a great understanding of. And we never really wanted to settle. We never really wanted to say, hey, we're married. This is great. You know, this is just from here on out, we're just going to coast. We want to really dive in and say, well, how do we have the best marriage available? How do we have a marriage that God wants us, that's honoring to him, that says, this is who we're supposed to be together? That's what we're really passionate about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we launched uh, Freedom Point on Easter of this year. And so it's been about six months since we launched. And we added a lot of things to the church calendar, including a marriage retreat, because we're so passionate about it. And we want strong, healthy marriages to be one of the foundations of our church Mm -hmm. because we look around us and we see marriages failing, uh, marriages struggling, people just settling, like Justin said, and we don't want that for our community. We don't Mm -hmm. want that for our own marriage or our friends' marriages. And so we decided, nope, we're doing a marriage retreat year one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) months, you know, six months in because it's so important to... Um, our belief system, our values, and just helping people establish healthy, strong marriages. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What would it look like for God's people in a community that are diving in, doing life together, saying, we want to all have healthy marriages that are thriving, that are, um, that are looking to build on each other, mm-hmm. that are chasing up something after of just the, uh, something of the Lord. And to be able to set that example for our kids yeah. and say, like, wow, I want what mom and dad have. Yeah. I want what my aunts and uncles have. I want what all those people in the church have. And what a, what a fire that can be lit for yeah. future generations. Yeah, no doubt. And, and marriage is work. Like regardless if you're a Christian or not, marriage is work, you know, and it requires a lot of, of different personality traits that are difficult to cultivate, like selflessness and humility and compromise (laughs) and communication and truth telling and honesty and all that stuff. So it's, it's important to talk about it. And I feel like sometimes it's, it's not talked about enough, even within the church and that there's, there may be judgment if your marriage is struggling mm-hmm. or if you bring, you know, issues that you're having, um, to your small group or to your pastor or something, people are, are afraid of judgment. So I think being mm-hmm. super intentional, yeah. uh, about having these types of conversations within the church, especially in the, in the beginning of your church is, is just kind of setting the stage like, Hey, this is what we're about. We're going to be open. We're going to talk about this. We want a healthy community and we want a, a healthy families. And this is a huge component of it, yeah. you know, because if, I mean, I, I'll speak from my own experience, but when my marriage isn't healthy, nothing else is working well. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. we hear that so much from people that really, they've kind of come to the realization, Hey, if me and my spouse aren't right, then our, then our house doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And so they're, they're seeing the importance of it, but then we hit the sole question of, well, then how do we get on track? Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we get to that spot where we're, we're doing it the right way? Yeah. And so this is part of what we're chasing after. This is a piece of what that's all about. Yeah. Let's look into that, how to get on track. So the posture for this weekend, you talk about these three words of vulnerability, authenticity, and humility. How to, how do those relate to what you guys have going on? Yeah, I'm going to actually have Heather break down on the authenticity and, um, and the vulnerability and humility piece for us, the marriage retreat, it's that word retreat. We may have in the future of freedom point, a time where we have a marriage conference Mm. or, you know, we have a specific thing, whether it's marriage counseling available or other resources. But when we say marriage retreat, we want to make sure people know when they head into it, this is a time to get away and to have time to reflect a time to recharge a time to really look at their marriage and say, Hey, what can we start doing? What do we need to stop doing that we can form and build into our marriage? And so a lot of people have expectations when they go to anything with marriage related is like, Oh, they're going to sit us down and we're going to have to, you know, have to cry and have to (laughs) talk about all of our problems or, or it's going to be, you know, one giant seminar and Mm -hmm. they're going to bring in all these speakers and they're going to just, you know, they're going to give us, you know, the 50 tools you need to a healthy marriage. And the retreat has little components of those things, but really the focus is a couple being able to retreat once a year as a practice and say, Hey, we're going to recharge, restart. We're going to just recenter our marriage. And I guess Mm. it's really excited, but there's a posture that you need heading into it. And so Heather, what's that posture? Yeah, I think it's a posture, not just for the weekend of retreat, but just in marriage and in really relationships in general, but definitely focusing on marriage the marriage relationship. So the first is vulnerability. And I love this uh, quote from Brene Brown. She talks about the first thing we look for in other people is for them to be vulnerable, but it's the last thing that we want to offer to other people is vulnerability. Hmm. 
And so we approach our spouse waiting for them to be vulnerable and open and honest, yet we are guarded ourselves and we Mm -hmm. don't want to offer that to the other person in return. And so just really breaking those walls down and bringing vulnerability vulnerability to the table because that's the only way to move forward is to Mm -hmm. be vulnerable to be open and honest with with where you're at and so that you can move forward and develop a stronger healthier marriage Mm. is that pride that prevents us from easily being vulnerable or why is that so difficult because i feel like we all know it's healing Mm. we all feel convicted that we should you know if we're lying and we're not being completely honest but What's what's hindering us from being more vulnerable? Yeah, it's it's a mixture. There's pride. There's fear. Right. Mm-hmm. As much as I you know want to be real or vulnerable and and open up, there's a there's a fear of saying, "Can I trust you? Mm-hmm. Do I trust that I can say something and this is this is a, this is a safe space that it's mm-hmm. going to be received well?" And I think we've all been in situations where we've you know opened up with what we've been feeling, and it hasn't always been met with with open arms. So mm. there's a fear there as well, and it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's it's so much easier just to be guarded and to have you know to be in control because you're not waiting on somebody else's reaction. Mm. You can kind of basically put your mask on and say, "Hey, this is who I want to be. This is how I want to be portrayed." And there's comfort in hiding. Yeah, but that's definitely not the path of growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, the second posture it, for relationships and marriages are, is authenticity. And I think it's recognizing that none of us have it all figured out mm-hmm. and just being authentic. And especially when we get into group settings or like you mentioned in a small group setting, just being able to be authentic and mm-hmm. yeah, we don't have it all figured out. And whether you've been married for five months or 50 years, mm-hmm. there's something that every marriage struggles with. And so being able to bring that to the table and, and be open and honest about it, that, yeah, w- this is what we're struggling with, or this is, you know what, we do this really well, but we, we really don't do this well. Yeah. And yeah. being able to come to the table with that and share it so that you can learn from each other and, and bounce ideas off of each other. And I think also, so then you don't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. I know when Justin and I have been in conversations with other couples who have been willing to be vulnerable and authentic with us, Mm. we leave with this sense of, I thought we were the only ones struggling with this, but we're not alone in this. And so you are able to go deeper with other people and knowing that like you can bounce ideas off of each other. You can grow together as a small group, as a community together. And, but it has to start with being vulnerable and authentic with Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. There's so much comfort and solidarity in regards to, I mean, marriage issues, mental health issues, Mm -hmm. life struggles, anything. It's like, I put something on Instagram the other day that, that I heard, um, it was said in a podcast and it was something like your most damaging thoughts are the one that make the ones that make you feel separate. Yeah. And I feel like when, when we feel like we are separate in our marriage, like look at, look at Justin and Heather, they have everything so perfect. And why yeah. are we struggling and all mm-hmm. these different things? Like those are so damaging that, cause we think that we're alone in this and that, you know, we're just comparing ourselves over and over again to these people who, yeah you know, it seemed like they have it perfect. So being able to share and be open and see like, this is a common struggle and we can relate to each other. We can help each other. We can share wisdom. Um, it's just super helpful and it, and it allows you to feel known. And I feel like that's what we all want. It's, it's scary to feel known, to be vulnerable, authentic. But when you do feel known, it's like, there's a burden released and there's not a weight on your shoulder to wear a mask. You, you just, it's out there, you know? I think, 
the enemy just wants to isolate us, Mm -hmm. whether it's individually or as couples. And so as soon as we can um, break through that and be known by other people, then the enemy loses and we can then grow stronger and be strengthened by each other, whether it's just individually with our spouse or with the community around us. But yeah, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is to isolate us, make us feel alone, make us feel like we're the only ones struggling and mm-hmm. everybody else has it figured out and what's wrong with us. Well, then I must, I must need a different spouse yeah, because we're struggling with this and nobody else does. So that, I think that's one of the ways that it leads to divorce is mm-hmm. the enemy isolates and makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yes. Isolation and lies. That's yeah. what he used. That's what he did to Eve in the garden. Yes. Isolate, lie, and wreak havoc yep. on humankind. <laughs> you, you talked about how you know marriages take work. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they take work is when you're in a dating stage and you're just meeting somebody, um, the enemy is not really in attack mode. He's mm. kind of waiting to see what's going on. And so when you meet that special person, there's that infatuation, there's that excitement. There's like that, man, we have, you know, there, there's so much, you know, instant love there. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's this amazing time. The fireworks are going off and, and, um, the enemy is just kind of sitting back and letting it all happen. Mm-hmm. And the moments that you step up to make a commitment, the moment you say, we are going to dedicate our lives to each other. We're going to stand in front of God and make vows and promises the enemy's like, all right, game on. Mm-hmm. Because the moment that happens, he's looking to tear apart. He's mm-hmm. looking to separate. Because the more he can do that, it'll show a world, oh, what is this marriage thing? Yeah. It, doesn't even, it doesn't even really matter. It's yeah. all diluted. And God's beautiful mer- uh, metaphor for a husband and wife being the symbol of God and his church, it just gets lost. Mm. And so that's the enemy's favorite playground is to just mess with marriages. Yeah. And this is why it's so hard. Totally. This is why we hear so many couples, they say, it was so much easier when we were dating. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just get back there? Why can't it be like that? Right. Yeah. And they'll blame, you know, they'll blame busyness or kids or things like that. But really there isn't, there is a, a, a force that we don't see that's mm-hmm. coming after us. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta be aware of that. So that posture this weekend of, um, being authentic, being vulnerable. And then the last one is just stable of freedom point that we say over and over again, mm-hmm. humility. Yeah. We have to realize that it's not about us. Mm. It's not about me. My marriage with Justin is not about me. It's actually about us together, but it's also about me emptying myself and serving him, being willing to serve Justin and not just always looking for myself and what can I get out of this. But, and if he's doing the same thing, emptying himself and being humble and looking to just serve me, then both of our needs are getting met. And we hear all the time, you know, marriage is 50, 50 and it's really not, it's a hundred, a hundred and you have to give all of yourself to your spouse and be willing to be completely humble and empty of your, your own pride, your own desires Mm -hmm. so that you can work as a team and come together as one, you know, we're, when you're married, you're one flesh Mm -hmm. and you become one. And that means all of me belongs to Justin and all of him belongs to me. Mm -hmm. And so just being humble and realizing that it's not about me it's not about you it's about us and it's about god what he wants for our marriage Mm -hmm. even in that humility of realizing that we are all actors in the play and the actors in the play, we play a part within marriage that we're showcasing to the world. And there is, there is, you know, pleasures to be found in marriage and there's joys to be found there, but we're actors in the play. We're showing off to a world, God's love for his people. 
Mm. And we get to display that. So when people look like, man, that marriage is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like how God looks at his bride. You know, Mm. we get to, we get to showcase that and play our part. And so again, it's that humility. It's not about us. It's not about me. And so that really comes in. Yeah. You guys, I love how you emphasize so much, uh, humility and having a posture of humility, even at church. And you like last week, you guys had the, the mountain, the freedom point logo is a mountain and at the base of it was humility and everything else is built off there because really at the end of the day, I feel like that is at the core of the mental health issues that we're experiencing. C.S. Lewis has that quote where it's like humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself selfless. Yeah. It's not like putting yourself down. Like I'm such an idiot. I'm not cool. I'm not smart. I'm not lovable. It's not, that's not humility. Humility is just stop thinking about yourself, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like think about other people. And that's, I experienced that when I'm with my, my friends or when people talk about like flow state or when you're doing something, when you're outside of yourself, is when you're living your best life. And you could get that through service. You get that through community. And too many of us are just caught up in our heads. And we have this narrative in our head, this default flesh setting that that just sucks, dude. And it's oftentimes negative and rude. And, and, and we don't know how to deal with it well. And it just destroys us from the inside out. So getting outside of your head and thinking about others, something that I've been doing recently that's been helpful, just like for the listeners of practical advices. And it seems so, so basic but when i'm when i'm out or like even when i'm with with my students i'm a high school teacher for those that don't know but um recognizing christ in people and really yeah. seeing people as a soul yeah and seeing the the divinity yeah within someone and honoring that instead of just a bag of flesh and bones you know yeah. what i'm saying but really yeah. like trying to identify while i'm in conversation with a student or with someone like how is Christ showing up? How, like, what is your unique makeup? Like, how is he showing up uniquely through this person right now? And it's powerful. Yeah. It gets me out of myself and it helps me appreciate creation and the goodness of God. I love that. Too often we focus on all the little annoyances or irritating yeah. attributes of someone. But if we believe that everyone is created in the image of God, exactly, then we need to view them as that. And I love that intentionality of looking for God in each person. It's a hack. It's a life hack. Mm. So let's talk about the theme for this weekend. It's, it's the word be, B E. And it's going to be before your spouse, be for two words, before your spouse, be with your spouse and be like your spouse. Walk us through those. Yeah. For us, we wanted to, as a time to reflect and recenter and, and kind of refocus we took these three themes of um, being for, with, and like your spouse, because we want to look at it as saying, "Hey, what are the patterns that we've been building in our lives as a as a as a couple? That man, they've been really healthy, and they've really been helping us just get closer to God, closer to others, really having a sense of thriving. And then we're the ones that are just really just bogging us down yeah. and realizing that, like, man, we're we are having these patterns that are really." holding us back, almost being like anchors. Mm-hmm. We use that word freedom a lot, you know, seeking out freedom and, and it's the, it's, you know, it's God who sets us free and we know it starts with humility and it's that engaging with the Holy spirit. And then it's the Holy spirit building these healthy patterns, whether it's within your, um, patterns of within your patterns with God patterns with others patterns, mm-hmm. just with rest patterns in prayer. And so <clears throat> we're looking at that saying, okay, then how can we look at these themes of being for with and like and and develop healthy patterns so when we talk about that breaking it down on each one when we say be for your spouse heather what are we talking about 
Yeah, I think being for your spouse is just always looking for ways that you can be encouraging to them, looking for ways to support them. Um, being on their team, Justin often says this to me when we're in an argument and I'm fighting against him, yeah. he'll just look at me and say, I'm on your team. We're, we're yeah. in this together. Mm-hmm. And it's a reminder that I'm not fighting against him. We are fighting together and we should fight for the, the common cause together. Uh, I think being for your spouse is always speaking highly about them or of them mm. behind their back, not, you know, talking, oh, this is so annoying or I can't believe he did this again, but always having their best interests and always speaking highly of them behind their back. That's huge. Um, it is. But, and it, I think couples kind of just fall into that of, mm-hmm. you know, you're hanging out with all the guys or all the women and you just kind of spiral mm-hmm. out of control, but, and just talking about the things that annoy you yeah, and rather than just talking about the uplifting things and the things that are amazing about totally. your spouse. So, yeah. um, I think that's really big and that's something that Justin and I have always committed to of always speaking highly of each other, um, to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking the best of them, just thinking that they have the best intention for our marriage, for our life together, that if they did slip up or mess up, that it wasn't an intentional thing. It wasn't, they were trying to be malicious, but it was just an oversight, you know, but Mm. going into it, thinking the best of them, that they had the best intention Mm -hmm. and then, um, fighting for them and with them. So always being on the same team and, and being their biggest defender. I, I should be Justin's biggest defender when we're in the house, when, when we're out in public, like he should know that I've got his back Mm -hmm. and I am his greatest defender. And Mm -hmm. I should know that, that he is that for me as well. Yeah. And when we say before your spouse, yes, be supportive, be encouraging, but this doesn't mean just to, you know, tolerate the ongoing mistakes. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sit there, you know, Oh honey, you left your underwear on the floor again. Great job. (laughs) You're getting so good at that. Oh, look at all these dirty plates that you didn't wash. Oh, thank you for that. You know, it's, it's being supportive, encouraging, but when you're being for your spouse, you're not just being for them the here and now. <clears throat> you're getting excited for who God has created them to be. Yeah. Hmm. You've got this vision that God has given you <clears throat> when you marry that person of what God really wants for them to look like. And you get to play a part in it of helping them get there. When you made that commitment to your spouse, you're aligning yourself with them saying, I'm committed to help see you become who God created you to be. Yeah. And so you get excited about that saying like, Hey, <clears throat> yes, you may have a position where, Gosh, whether it's in a situation where you're in a state of unhealth, whether it's a physically, emotionally, um, spiritually even, and guess what? We're going to fight for it together yeah. and we're going to get there. We're not going to stay here, right? We're going to press on because I know who God's created you to be and we're going to move towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Counsel us on some of the language that a husband or wife could use when they notice a behavior or some patterns that aren't necessarily healthy with their spouse and how they can kind of approach those things in a gentle, loving way that is for them that doesn't seem accusatory or malicious or judgmental. Cause that's tough. It's, it's funny you say that. I actually was listening, um, <clears throat> one of my uh, favorite preachers yesterday and he was talking about how in Ephesians five, it talks about the husband and the wife, the role is they are to, to cleanse and nourish cleanse and nourish. Hmm. And he talked about the act, the, um, act of cleansing. You know, when we talk about cleaning ourselves or cleansing ourselves, 
it's one of the most intimate things we do and most delicate things we do because, you know, it's, it's definitely the most private thing we do, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's in shower or clipping my toenails, brushing my teeth, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and these are also some of the most gentle things I do, right? Mm-hmm. Like as much as I trust you, Nick, like yeah. if I were to say, Hey, brush my teeth for me, you know, yeah. like, or, or, or clip my nails, it's yeah. like, first, that'd be weird. Yeah. But second, there's like a little fear there. Like, oh, what if you... You know, clip them too close or mm-hmm. like, like you know, just be careful, you know? Yeah. And so when you get married, you have that permission with one another to lean in and cleanse each other. But yes, you got to do it with gentleness mm-hmm. because you have the power to totally wreck them and destroy them. And you've got to be careful on how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on with that. And I think it's always just, also knowing the timing and exactly mm. like the approach, not not doing it in anger. Yeah. And I think it's similar to like parenting, like not not doing it in anger or even in like a parenting way of like, oh, you're you're in trouble for doing mm-hmm. this. I'm gonna discipline you because you you continually leave the dishes out. Yeah. But having that conversation and letting them know how it could it help improve the whole setting, yes. right? Like I go to Justin to say, this is how it's hurting me when you do this. Mm. This is how it's affecting our relationship. It's not just that I want it done a certain way because I am I tend to be a little controlling, which is <laughs> true in our <laughs> marriage, but this is how it's affecting me mm. that you're doing this. Yeah, And it goes back to humility and vulnerability mm-hmm. and authenticity and being willing to then receive that back because there's things that I do that bother Justin as well yeah and i have to be willing to hear it from him also yeah i think the you brought up the emotion piece and i think that's huge is waiting for emotions and feelings to die down a little bit like Mm -hmm. they talk about when if you get an email that you know irritates you or something wait 24 hours before you respond like in the middle when you when you walk in and you see the underwear on the ground don't you you know justin (laughs) you know (laughs) just get over here you know and like (laughs) but later after the emotions have calmed down a little bit it's like hey like you know, it would really help, but approaching it in a gentle way, that's not emotional. And that's the same thing with parenting. The times that mm-hmm. my discipline with my kids is most effective is when the emotion has completely subsided. I'm able to speak rationally and I'm mm-hmm. able to be, you know, very just even with them and yes. just kind of speak how it is Calm. objectively yeah. instead of freaking out. So I think waiting yeah. could oftentimes be helpful. And just knowing the different communication styles between men and women, I think that that is something that is is not known enough and there's some good resources out there like Lindsay, my wife, and some other ladies right now are, are working through Love and Respect, yeah. that book. And uh, I just keep hearing from from women and men how much of a profound impact it's having on their relationship because they're able to see that the that both the male and the female are coming from a place of love and they both do not want to perpetuate the issue, but the communication styles are so much different that it creates this block. So to be able to understand, again, being selfless and understand your wife and where she's trying to come from, same thing for the wife towards the husband. It's like, okay, now I see what's going on here. Let's, you know, put the emotion aside. Let's talk through this by accommodating each other's, you know, communication styles and really work through it is, is, is powerful and it's not addressed enough. I feel like. Yeah. And I think asking, you know, your spouse, not in the heat of the moment, but Hey, how can I approach this? Mm. You know, Hey, I've asked you to do these things and it hasn't been happening. Would you prefer a list? Would you prefer one day? You know, I ask you one 
one day, one item a day? Yeah. Or would you, every Monday do you want the long list yeah. of the to dos <laughs> for the week or for the month? Like, yeah. because it's different. How I want to mm-hmm. be asked to do something or change something is different than how Justin wants to be asked to do yeah. something or change something. So knowing the different communication styles, like you said, Huge. because we found that like things can be triggering for couples. Like, well, when I was in high school, I used to wake up and my mom yes. would leave me this long list. And so when I see a long list, I just shut down and I want to go back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that may be something that is more life giving for a different, for another yeah. spouse. So just yeah. communicating and figuring out how to work together. Mm-hmm. All right. So before was the first mm-hmm. one. The second one be with being with and this one is is more than just spending time with them um there's a, there's a focus involved yeah i think um being with your spouse is looking to serve them first and i also think it's not being distracted when you are spending quality time with your spouse mm-hmm. one it's making quality time a priority with your spouse whether it's a weekly date night or just a time, a morning together before the kids wake up where you're having coffee together and just in the quiet of the morning, but having intentional time built in with your spouse and then not being distracted when you're with them and also um, journeying together, not separate. So it will touch on it with, with be like, but journeying together and finding things that you can do together as mm. a team yeah, and realizing that you're in this for the long haul. So being with them um, through all the ups and downs and looking to serve them first through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially real quick, I know we're running out of time, but especially with with kids and because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time you can fall into this, these responsibilities and these roles. I'm doing this, you're doing this. We're kind of walking past each other, know that we're taking care of these things to keep the family running, but we never really have the time to be with each other. Yeah. Because from the moment the kid wakes up, you press go and then it's craziness until they go to sleep you press stop and then you're exhausted yeah. so really prioritizing that time to be together is is huge and the time just to to go back to dating your spouse yes. you know justin and i we work together we're co-pastors we parent together we mm-hmm. spend the majority of our day together but that doesn't mean that we are truly with each other yes. throughout the day so still setting time aside to date each other and just focus on each other and mm-hmm. not talk about the church or our kids or finances or whatever it is, but to just go back to the dating time totally. and, and enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be with, or sorry, before, be with, be like. Be like. And this one I, I get the most excited to talk about because it says uh, in scripture, the two becoming one, the husband and wife becoming one, there's a mystery there. There's a mystery and God even made it uh, across the genders where there, the relationship between a man and a woman is a different relationship than any other. And there's a, there's a level of completion there because they're opposites hmm. and we meet people all the time. We're saying, gosh, my wife's so much different than me. That's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a really good thing. In fact, uh, the more opposite, the better it seems like, especially if you can approach with humility, because when the two become one, they, they complement mm. in a way that's deeper than we can even possibly understand. Yeah. Mm. And so when we think of that, be like, there's a mystery to it. And really it's, yes, I get to have strengths that my wife doesn't have. She has strengths that I don't have that we bring to the table. But then when you journey long enough, you actually, her strengths become my strengths. Yeah. I mm. start seeing the world the way she did. I'll go into a situation. I'll be by myself. And I'm like, 
I know exactly what Heather would think right now. <laughs> I know exactly yeah, yeah. how she would feel. Yeah. Right. You almost have this weird little like spidey sense where it's all of a sudden you're in a situation <laughs> where, you know, something will talk and I'm like, Oh, I know what she's thinking right now. You know, like, Oh, oh you know, and it's, it's, it's really is becoming like, wow, is she in my head? Am I in her head? What's mm-hmm. going on? And the answer is yeah. yes. You're the two are becoming one and that's so much fun. But I think we push against that because we try to hold on to being, individualistic Mm. i'm gonna be my person you be you i'll be me and we'll go our own way when there's an invitation to be like each other to jump into that where you can slowly start becoming like one another in this whole new being and you can have fun the things that she enjoys i can learn how to like lean into and having fun with her and Mm. vice versa Mm. yeah i I think you summed it all up really well but (laughs) i i've loved our journey together we are such opposites (laughs) And just watching us kind of grow together as one. And it is fun to see Justin become more like me. And it's very challenging for me to become more like him. But it's also really fun. And my life is way more fun because of it. Because Justin is just naturally a more fun person than I am. And I'm okay to admit that now. And But because I'm becoming more like him, I'm becoming more social and enjoying the things that he Mm. enjoys. Um, And it's it's a shame that couples get so stuck in their way Mm -hmm. and not wanting to be more like the other person because they miss out on the beauty of journeying together. Yeah. Um, that's definitely true for my marriage and it's, it's, it's helpful and it it makes me grow, makes me grow and progress. Okay. So let's talk about the purpose of this weekend. I I heard you use the language of, uh, forming healthy rhythms Mm -hmm. and healthy hearts. Yeah. What's that about? So our goal would be for people to come, they retreat, they get away, they get time together. Um, they feel refreshed. They feel like, man, this is a great weekend, but we want it to be, um, a launching pad. Mm. We want it to be a spot where they say, Hey, we're going to build. Right. And so we touched on briefly in the podcast of this is what the theme is. All of this has been just more of like a little appetizer. Yeah. Uh, people know I love my appetizers. Um, <laughs> it's all an appetizer, just a little taste. Um, that it's going to get us to the main course, the main event, which is mm. the couples doing the work together. Yeah. So we'll have, uh, even the first night on, um, Friday night, we'll dive in deep of, you know, couples sharing and, and, and be able to hear from a little, uh, Ted talk from one of our marriage and family therapists, um, that we have, uh, two that are coming to present. Nice. And, and really diving in those issues and giving people some uh, great truth nuggets to, to really focus on. But the goal would be afterwards that couples would leave saying, Hey, this is what we want to stop doing as a pattern mm-hmm. in these areas. And this is what we want to start doing. Yeah. 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 I think um, a lot of times we just want to add more things to our plate. Like, okay, well now we got to add a date night and mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? We should add this too. And Oh, quality time together. Okay. And we should start hiking together and they just want to add it on, but really looking at like, okay, well, what do we need to stop doing in each of these categories of being, Mm. being for your spouse, being with your spouse, being like your spouse. I think there's areas where we need to stop doing some of these things, which can be hard to look at, Mm -hmm. but what do we need to stop doing so that we can start doing something else? We're not just looking to continually add more and pile on to our already full plates, but there's some things that we can take off so that we can have a healthier, stronger marriage. Yeah. Um, I think this weekend we'll be looking at some of those areas of rebuilding, remodeling. I think along with stop doing stuff, there's some demolition that might need to happen in mm-hmm, some of our yeah. marriages mm-hmm. and so that we can rebuild so yeah. that we can make it better and stronger and healthier. And so really being uh, humble, authentic and vulnerable and looking at all those areas where we can improve. Yeah. No doubt. Awesome. 
Anything else for the listeners? We're just really excited. We've got 27 couples that are going to be joining us this weekend. Yeah. Awesome. And it's for our very first marriage retreat. And yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those things where we're loving that we get to be on mission together. Yeah, and no doubt. They're, as they're listening to it right now, I hope that they get excited. Excited mm-hmm. to yeah. say, like, man, I can't wait to see what God has for our marriage. Yeah. Because um, he's going to take it to places we never even imagined it could go before. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Right on. Where can people find you guys online? Yeah, we're at freedompointcov.com and um, Instagram is also at freedompointcov. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I encourage you guys to check it out. You guys are doing awesome things. Thank you. Yeah. yeah uh, for any of your listeners, if they're interested in some of the questions that we're going to like dive in throughout the weekend, they can totally reach out and we would send them the questions if they want to go on a, their own retreat or yeah. just a extended date night and totally. dive in and, and do some rebuilding and looking at their marriage. We would love to send them some more resources. Heck yeah. It's all about awareness, right? You can't change something that you're not aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So being able to bring things to the surface and just recognize that they're there then allows you to kind of move pieces around and and transform. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Thank you guys. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Peace. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there, and the experience is always transformative to say the least. If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float, and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com.